Welcome to Paranormal the New Normal. Back again for yet another session of trying to make this world seem a little more normal, which, as I say every time, is a little impossible. But I try. I try. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy. And I am joined today by an author and a fellow podcaster. And I love talking to fellow podcasters, so this is going to be a fun one. My guest today is George Lunsford, and he is the author of Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts, the USA edition, which is going to be his newest book, and it's coming out in November, which I'm definitely going to have to get a copy because it sounds interesting as could be, but we'll get to that in a second. George, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? Can't complain. I officially got put into my into uh, my, manage, my management role in my job after six weeks of training, so I can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So it's it's been a good day. So I can't complain at all. Besides, <laughs> my kids drive, besides my kids drive me crazy, but my listeners know that's a normal thing. Oh, that's their so, job. It really is. It, it is their job. It really is to drive their parents crazy. But <laughs> and I hope they heard that. But so first question I always ask everybody on this show: What got you into the paranormal? Well, I guess it's all the back when my great grandmother passed away. And I was asleep in my room and she appeared to me that night that she passed away. She actually were I woke up and she was sitting on the end of my bed and she just said, Come by to tell me bye before she left. Well, that's a I mean that that's that's actually a common story I hear from a lot of people is that it's a loved one that tries to communicate with them after passing and that's how they get into it because they know there's something more out there than what we can see and what we can what we know about what most people believe in so which oh, yeah. these days it's people believe in more and more these days of course than they did back then but true well plus the fact that I died one time for a short period of time and I see what's I've seen what's on the other side so I know what's there interesting and we will definitely get into well actually 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 let's start off with that because i i like to go into experiences first so let's let's start let's start with that i mean sure. I, I love when i love when my guests throw me right off my idea of how the show's gonna go it, it makes it a good show that makes it a better show when that happens so i i'm fine so, that i apologize oh oh no apology needed. I love a good NDE story. So let's hear it. I'm dying. I'm dying to hear it. Pardon the pun. I was in my 20s and I got pneumonia. Went to the doctor and the, I went to a doctor who obviously didn't know what they were talking about. They said, hey, yeah, you're sick, but you're not. You don't have pneumonia. Three days later, I had a I was running a fever over 104 and was lethargic, couldn't even set up in a chair, couldn't do anything. They actually carried me, and I'm a pretty good-sized boy. So I, my father come over, and and they picked me up and carried me out, put me in a car, took me to the hospital. Hospital went crazy. Throwed me on the gurney, run me in emergency, started pumping all this stuff into me, and half my lungs were filled with fluid. And... uh 
that night I was in the, I was in the room up in the uh, hospital and for some reason I, I woke up and I was sitting there going, why am I here? And all of a sudden I started just feeling antsy. So I sat up in the bed and I looked over and my body was still in the bed, but I was setting up. And this little woman was in there. She's an older woman. She goes, it's okay. It's all right. Don't it. It's nothing bad. It's okay. And these, all of a sudden I sat, I stood up beside the bed and these people's heads and bodies started coming through the walls of my room and all these different people had come into the room and over in the corner was a figure. I couldn't really see that well, but it, you could, it had shape of wings and everything. It was, I'm a, I can only guess it was angel because that's what it looked like. That's what I, I, you know, guess what it was. And I was talking to all these people in my room and I was talking to the little old lady that was in my room and uh, my body was laying on the bed and I was up walking around talking to people. Well, that figure raised his hand up in the air and this little white dot formed and it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's thing you know, it's bigger than the doorway. And, uh, these people start to start telling me by and they're walking out into the light and up this like almost like a tunnel type thing. And everybody was going to upset me and the little lady and the angel. Well, I started towards it. She goes, no, 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 no. You don't need to go anywhere. It's not your time yet. And I looked at her kind of funny. She said, no, no, it's not your time. Lay back down. Everything's going to be fine. And the clock has not moved. The time never changed on the clock. No second hand never moved or nothing. So I walked back over to the bed and I sat down. And I let rise. I lay back down. I look at her and she weighs by and she smiles at me, walks into that light. And that figure put his arm down and the light disappeared. And he disappeared. And then next thing I know, these alarm bells are going off and people are bursting into my room. And they're all, I mean, these people are going all frantic and everything, all the nurses and stuff. And I looked at them, I said, what are you doing? And they all just stopped dead and looked at me. And I said, who is so-and-so? And I mentioned the lady's name and everybody left except for one nurse. And she was pale. She wouldn't green when I said that. And she goes, she died in this room right before you got here. Ooh. And proved to them that it all happened. I named every person that died in that hospital that week. Nice. I, I, I like a story like that with actual proof where you actually know that you experienced something rather than just a vivid dream. So, I mean, that's that's creepy, but that's also so cool. Like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to have that a near death experience, but <laughs> if I did, if I did, that's how I'd want it to happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> It, it was, like I tell you, it, there was never been in my life that feeling of calmness and just nothing. It was just a, a real relaxing, calm feeling. I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't excited. I wasn't scared. Nothing. Well, I mean, they I, for all the stories I've heard about people meeting a divine presence or God, whatever you want to call it, I mean, they always say it's calming. It's it's calming and it's peaceful, and you never felt that way before in your life until that moment. So, I mean, it makes sense. It really does. And was not expecting to get an NDE story on this. So, 
wow, what a bonus. <laughs> I will say. So I like to satisfy, I like to help out. You know, this is what I do. <laughs> appreciate it because wow. So your book that's coming. Now, is this book that's coming out your first book or no? Actually, it's a, my fifth book. My first four was I did Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. I did the Southern Edition, the Northern Edition, and all that. Well, I put them all together in this book, and I added 100 more stories, and I added two more of the Indian tribes, added the Hopi and the Chickasaw. And the Hopi, their stories are long <laughs> but they're good they're really good to read i mean I, the native american legends are always great whether you're reading them or hearing them verbally they're always amazing stories and that's one that's why you is actually for when i have to de defend the paranormal people i go back to native americans 90 percent of the time because they have stories for pretty much everything we believe in nowadays so i oh, yeah and i say if it was around back then but it's probably still around now. I doubt it disappeared, but yep. Yeah. And the thing is that their stories, I mean, everybody else's stories have lots of variations. People change it when they tell it. But yeah. when the North American Indians tell stories, their stories stay the same from the first time they was told till now. It always stays the exact same. They have a better oral history than we do. Well, well of course. I mean, they've been around, they've been around for thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years possibly i mean i forget the exact i forget how long ago it was that supposedly they crossed that people crossed over the uh land bridge up there in alaska into america i forget how long that was but it was a long time ago that's as much as i remember from history class <laughs> but we read their histories and the different stories from the different tribes you'll see when they come across that bridge they was somebody already here they run into what's called the White Giants. And they were out west and they were over on this side of the Mississippi. And uh, yeah. they had issues That's, with them. Oh, of course. That's human nature. <laughs> the fact the, the, the Giants were cannibals. <laughs> well, you got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would go along with all the that would go along with all the fairy tales and whatnot, but so makes sense to me 100 percent. but yeah yep i well, mean that... and also i mean the giants i mean i i like to listen to a podcast called monsteropolis done by small town monsters yeah. and heather heather moser one one of their newer uh co-hosts she she has her own podcast called the lore you know and she did a whole segment on giants in america and around the world and she knows Ooh. a lot of history on that and a lot of proof that's been found and whatnot so I mean, they're, I definitely believe that giants existed at one point. If they still don't, I, I think they still may somewhere, but we just don't know where. If you look at the definition of a giant, it's anybody over seven foot. So the NBA is mostly giants. Well, I mean, <laughs> between, between that and Space Jam, they're either aliens or giants. So I believe it. <laughs> but so, I mean, gi giants definitely existed and I believe it. And, I mean, maybe there were two offshoots. Maybe there was a giant and maybe there was Bigfoot and they just, one was hairier than the other. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Well, my theory is what I wrote in my book too, is that Bigfoot was a descendant of the giants because they, the Indians run them basically into the, the caves and to get away, you know, they had to get away from 
before they all got wiped out. So I think they went into the mammoth cave system and other cave system. Yeah, I'm a well. So I well, okay. Well, first thing, part A. <laughs> were, are, I mean, are you are you kind of relating it to the whole um, Gigantithecus uh, type of Bigfoot origin story that people have been saying for a long time now? Like, is it close to that or? No, they, I'm thinking that the the giants themselves, you know, they were pretty primitive anyway, and they just basically didn't evolve they they evolved to their surroundings like every creature does so being in the caves nothing else they would grow the hair since they didn't have the clothes and they would be out hunting deer and stuff like that like they like bigfoot does and it only makes sense to me that because they can't grow as tall as what the regular giants were you know they're not getting any bigger than 9 10 12 foot tall yeah which makes make I mean makes sense to me as well and so yeah i mean and i mean that kind of is similar to gigantithecus in a way because i mean that whole that whole origin basis is just that that gigant gigantithecus and let's see how many times i can say without messing it up <laughs> but <laughs> it, that they were a species around the same time as homo sapiens and they they believe the homo sapiens killed them all off but that's all that's been in theory for years that that's where bigfoot came from is that they wore the gigantithecus and they just learned to hide from humans better because they were killing them. well the so. only thing about that theory that I, I i makes me disagree with it is the feet the feet are totally different on gigantithecus than what it is on a human so i haven't saying it wrong all the time <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> You're close I, enough. I, I, I don't know if I said it right or not. So you know. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right because it's that P sound in the middle instead of the T sound. But basically, I mean, I actually have never looked that close into the feet of it. So I mean, I could believe that. I could believe that because I never actually even thought of looking into that like difference. And were they smaller than what we believe Bigfoot's feet size to be nowadays? Or you know, there's been I haven't really looked into it a lot. I just kind of glanced at it here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I could believe that that's highly possible. And I mean, who knows where Bigfoot came from? There's so many different theories on where they could have came from. And I mean, yeah, they, it would make sense that they were related to giants originally. Cause I mean, they're, they could just be smaller, hairier versions of giants. Well, and, uh, about their foot, the way it has the break in the middle of the foot. That makes me think they adapted that from being inside the caves and walking on the rocks and stuff. Their feet would adapt to that or evolve to that situation. Which I can believe because that was actually part B I was going to bring up is I talk <laughs> about on this show. I talk about on this show all the time about the hollow cave, the hollow earth, the hollow earth, and the cave systems in the world. And oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether I believe in hollow earth 100 or not. I mean, it would make it would explain a lot to me. But until I until someone gets evidence of it, I mean, I can't really just say it's got to be true. Right. I mean, it sounds it sounds a lot more believable than flat Earth. Yeah, that's true. I had a flat Earth. I don't. I, I don't. Can't, I can't. I can't agree. I can't believe in that. It's just impossible. <laughs> no, I've been out in the ocean way too way too far in the ocean to believe in flat Earth. This Same. I mean, horizon ships. Everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on cruise ships where you can't see anything but water, and there's no way it's flat. I mean, it's just no, and it would it wouldn't make sense. But the hollow, no. I mean, the, the the cave systems in America, I use that all the time. I talk about how it's probably related to the missing four one one cases, how it's 
probably where it would explain where Bigfoot and Dogmen and all these cryptids can hide and not yeah. be seen. And it would make sense. Well, if you think about like Western North Carolina, I live in Western North Carolina. And just this small area of Western North Carolina, we have over a million acres that are wooded. It's just wood. So, I mean, it's not hard for me to believe that they hide in the woods. But when you figure just the physical first uh, what is it? Then a hail forest is over a million acres. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I live in I live in Massachusetts and I've been down in North Carolina, so I could I yeah, there's a lot of big forests out there and I can believe that hundred percent. And I mean, yes, they can hide in the forest, but in certain parts of the country, they have to have some other, like in the desert, like they have to have somewhere else to hide. Because they, yeah. I mean, over in, in, the, in the desert in the West, they call them, I forget what they call them. It's sand something, but they don't call them Bigfoot. They call them, uh, I forget what they call them, sand something, I think it is. I've heard people, other podcasts yeah. talk about it, but <laughs> yeah, there's a there's so many names for Bigfoot around the world that you can get lost trying to think of them all, but. So, yeah, I mean, the case system idea I always liked. I always liked that that explains a lot, explains explains where all these hunters and whatnot go missing, and, and it's all right on that cave system line, too, where they go missing, which is the eerie part. Yeah. I'm going to be moving around for a second, but... <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, so, are there any stories of my favorite cryptid, that I already mentioned, uh, is there any dogman stories in your book? Uh, yeah, I've got dogman stories like the Beast of Bray Road and stuff's in there. Amanda's outside. Go up there. Amanda? Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, the but, uh, I mean, Beast of Bray Road. I've been up there and uh, we actually went out. We went down Bray Road from the beginning to the end of it to check things out. And there's areas up there I can easily believe dogman's up there. Just you've got farmland, 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 and then patches of woods here and there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I'm actually gonna, I'm actually having uh, in about a month, I'm gonna have one of the directors of the North American Dogman Project site on my show. Oh, cool. Good site. I, yeah, I've. I've been referring to that site since I started this podcast because there's a, that that map they have of encounters is eerie as hell if you look at it. And oh, even yeah. eight, if 8% of those are still like made up stories or false, that's still a lot of dots on that map. <laughs> and it just is. Yeah, it is. We actually had one here, uh, a report, uh, a written solid report not far from where I live at over a place called Lake Palatan. They found a print like this big of what they think is a dogman it was huge i mean from what i understand dogmen are basically worldwide i mean i've heard stories of them in asia europe and i mean well they, they, they started in europe for i mean and now they started everywhere but they started in europe a lot especially in the european paranormal folklore they have i mean the beast of Godavon, or however you, however you say that, but I mean, I I, tr I I believe that was a dog man. I think they just changed the story up at the end to not scare people, but I definitely was a dog man. I think. 
that are over towards Germany or Austria? Yeah. Yeah, that that it was a German the the beast of government. Actually, no, it was Fr- French. I think. Was it French? Oh, I mean, just the name, like Jadavon, like that's like a French name. I I would think like. I can never pronounce that right. Never can. <laughs> it's just one of those words. Oh. I'll hear it one day, and the next minute I try to say it, it's just like nope. <laughs> My book next year is called Monsters of the World. Uh, there is a um, I think there's a dogman story in it actually too. I actually have an encounter I put in. I, a guy sent me an encounter that he had with a dogman over there. Where was it? You cut out when you said the name of the place. The what? When you said the location, you cut out. What was the location? It was somewhere over in the UK. Oh, UK. Okay. I, I didn't hear the UK part. I'm uh, yeah. I left it out. I, oh, yeah. I mean, there have been stories of dogmen in the UK in the British Isles for a long time. And it's just, I mean, dogs can swim. So. <laughs> oh, sure. Is one there too? It's not a dog man, but it is a a paranormal cryptid dog. It's big, huge, black wolf like with uh, the red eyes. Yeah, I actually had some. I had a paranormal investigator from the UK on my show a while back, and he was investigating uh, like a church that near him in the UK, where supposedly one of those ran up to the door and like was trying to get in the church, but it couldn't. But its paw prints are still on the door to this day. It says these black wow. marks of, of him trying to scratch his way in the door and they say it's the mark of like evil basically but and what i've heard about this and what i've read about them who i believe it they're like a hellhound almost it's like one one notch up from being a hellhound yeah which i mean hellhounds are a whole nother interesting thing i mean <laughs> dog cryptids dog cryptids all together are just fascinating because i mean i have a mastiff in my, a nine-month mastiff in my house and I, if that thing got up on two legs, I might faint out of fear because it would be scary. <laughs> it would be, it'd be very scary because when she when she jumps up to hug me at this point, even and she's still a puppy, but she's yeah. so big that when she jumps up to hug me, it's like, whoa! Like, like she literally can lick my face when she jumps up already. So it's just, scary. I love, them. I think they're so cool. Those are awesome dogs. Yeah, we're actually planning on we're we're getting a replacement male. Because the male, our 18-week-old male one died. We had to put it down because it was born with misshaped kidneys. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, it, it last week it wasn't fun. But the breeder is giving us a new male puppy, so we do plan on breeding. We do we, we do plan on breeding them and having puppies eventually. To just because why not? But <laughs> yeah, I. I'm looking forward to it somewhat. My wife is looking forward to it a lot more than I am, but <laughs> it's her project. So as long as she handles it, I don't care. We all got to have a project. So it's all good. Oh, we do. And I don't want her complaining about me podcasting. So I go along with what she wants to do usually. <laughs> so. <laughs> it works. It works sometimes. <laughs> but, and yeah, I mean, I actually had another guest in my show a while back and he was in the army and he was in Egypt with his troop. and one of his buddy uh one of his buddies in the troop was from new orleans and he saw he saw a statue of anubis and he freaked out he's like what is that and they're like it's an ancient egyptian god why he's like i've seen that twice in my twice in my backyard when i was a kid rugaloo 
the Ruguru. Yep. Like, I, and I, I said that. I'm like, oh, that's the Ruguru. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, that's the dog man in the New Orleans. Basically, they believe it's a, it's a African uh, Haitian thing. Like they, they the Ruguru. Yep. And it's a real, you know. <laughs> but I guess once he saw it in his backyard when he was looking out his window at night, and then another time he was down by a river and he saw it like with his front paws up on a log, like kind of just going down the river. I can believe that. And like it just, I guess it turned its head and looked at him and then just kept going. Like it didn't stop or try to go after him or anything. It just kept going. And from what I heard, dogmen are not extremely dangerous, but they do like to like bluff you and like false charge at you just to scare you off because it, they're, they're dogs. So it's, ter- it's territorial, I mean, but it's just still wouldn't want to run into one. Still wouldn't want to run into one that because that would just creep me the hell out. I still want to find Bigfoot. I'm, I'm going to go look for him this fall. I'm, I'm going to keep on to find him. I've seen UFOs. I've seen ghosts, but I haven't seen a cryptid yet. Same. I've seen the same two things, but I, uh, but I also don't go out because I hate, I hate nature. I hate outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get made to go on hikes all the time with by my wife with the kids, but I hate nature. I hate outdoors. I hate hiking. I hate it, but I'm forced to go. <laughs> and I mean, I'm always, I'm always looking the whole time I'm in the woods. Always. I'm always like looking both ways, like just constantly keeping an eye out for something. Cause I'm like, please make it worth my while. Let me see something. But, and Bigfoot actually is there, there's a forest about 10, 15 minutes from where I live called Lemister state forest. And mm-hmm. it, there's known Bigfoot things there in Massachusetts. So, and Bigfoot actually, they've, they, I saw a picture online a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, near Brain near Braintree, Massachusetts, which is by Boston. Yeah. They in the wood in the woods, someone took a picture of what of something they thought was like a structure built by a Bigfoot. It was oh, a cool. bunch of, it was a bunch of big tree limbs and whatnot, like like a teepee form almost, and like the way it was made, they're like no human would take the time in this part of the of the state to just build this in the woods. Like, like even a homeless person wouldn't go through that much work just to build that in the woods so it's just it was i saw that i was like huh i wonder i wonder but massachusetts is home to a lot of creepy things i mean bridgewater triangle alone is like every cryptid known to man suppose oh yeah so which is where my wife lived my wife before she moved in with me lived on the perimeter of the bridgewater triangle oh cool oh so, yeah i mean the only i mean she's she supposedly has had she thinks she's been abducted by aliens in that house that house was built on a Native American burial ground, supposedly. So it's a very creepy house to be in at night. And we've been up till three, four, five in the morning there. And you walk through the, if you're not, even if you're in one room, you get creepy feelings and like your body will just turn cold. Like it's, oh, wow. I mean, she's seen shadow people and a bunch of other stuff I talked about in the show before. But, and she actually saw a giant snake when she was a kid, like they talk about for the Bridgewater Triangle, like just huge black snakes that shouldn't live like that far north. Yeah. But, I've heard that. So, I mean, it's definitely a creepy place, and that's where my UFO sighting took place. Oh, really? On her, on her back porch, yeah. We were, well, I'll tell this fast because it's I've started I've said it before a lot in this podcast, but we were walking in, we, we were walking in the backyard one into the backyard when I ain't going inside, and we got to we got up on the porch about to go in the door, and all of a sudden my uh, son's like, "Dad, why are those stars moving?" I'm like, "I'm like, what are you talking about? Stars moving?" I look up, I'm like. Ew. And it's just eight or ten star-looking items 
but they're all moving in one direction at the same time at the same speed. Oh, cool. And I mean, stars don't move to the naked eye. So there's no way you could see it move just by watching it like for a couple minutes. So, I mean, it, it had to be something and they were all moving. I mean, if it was like comet or meteorite or something or a bunch of them, they would all be moving at different speeds. Probably yep, these things cool. kept, these things look like a bunch of basically fighter planes, like in a formation, just going like, that's what it looked like. Oh, that's, so, awesome. that's my one UFO experience. We're seeing that. And, and I mean, we've well, actually, I think I've had a couple others, but I don't, they're not conclusive enough, right? Everyone want to actually talk about them because it just might be a waste of time. But and my <laughs> wife's, my wife, though, swear she's been abducted multiple times because she had a camera in her bedroom that I bought her to keep an eye on the kids when she's not in the room. And she basically, like the one night there's so, like she said before that even that she thought she's been abducted, but since she was a kid. But there's something that was like a big black hulking figure, a big shadowy looking figure, like outside her bedroom window. And her bedroom was on the second floor. So there's no way somebody's climbing up there on that side of the house. No way, unless they had a ladder, which wow. you would hear and see. So there's this big shadowy black figure outside her window because it's completely dark out there. You really can't see anything. And next thing you know, as it gets closer to the window, the camera goes out and goes static. Oh, wow. And, and she said that night, like many other nights, she believes she never slept. Like she, it feels like she never slept. So, wow. awesome. I mean, I, and when she was a kid, her and her sister shared a room and like her sister would like, wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be gone. She'd look through the whole house and can't find her. And then like, she'd go back to sleep. And the next morning she asked her like, where'd you go last night? And my wife would just be like, I didn't go anywhere. Like, so maybe a history of her getting abducted, but. Well, that's I mean, it. That's pretty wild. I hate it that. Is, I mean, bugging her, bugging so far out of her. I mean, if she wasn't so shy, I would already have her on the show at some point to talk about it all, but she's too shy for that, so it never would happen. So I just have to relay the stories from what she's told me, but unfortunately, maybe I can get her to do a private recording one day and just tell yeah. her stories, but I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but, so what was your UFO experience, if you don't mind me asking? I've actually had two. Uh, the last, the, the latest one we had, uh, we was in an airplane, 30,000 feet in the air, on our way back from Chicago, back to Asheville. And my wife seen something. She goes, what is that? And right straight across from the airplane, probably, I don't know, a mile or a little over a mile, there was a long silver tube. It was keeping pace with the, with the aircraft at 30,000 feet. It had no wings, had no tail fin. No, no sign of propulsion at all. And we was watching it, and she bent down to get the camera to get a picture. And this thing lit up real bright and disappeared. It was amazing. I, mean, I believe that. I truly believe that extraterrestrials know when we are trying to get capture them on film and whatnot. They're close enough. They can somehow have technology that senses it, or they sense it, and they know that's when they have to go. But... It was a trip. I mean, it just lit up and then poof, it was gone. Now, the first one I had, I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on the ship. I was in the movie. And uh, I seen, I was on an aft lookout, and I seen something off the starboard side. Well, I guess it's port side, port side. And uh, 
it was just the light and it was about eight miles away and I could see it. It was just steady and move and it'd go back and move and it'd go back. And I got the binoculars up and I was looking at it and you could see the lights around it and a light on top. And this thing's just moving back and forth like this, keeping pace with the ship from that far away. And uh, next thing I know, we was on aft lookout and everything, and I let them go up, up at the uh, forward lookout in the bridge, and all of a sudden this thing lit up, and it shot straight up in the air. Let me see my ball. My granddaughter's here. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Shirt. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. My my daughter likes to pop in sometimes too and be my co-host, but <laughs> luckily tonight I locked the door, so it, it won't happen tonight. But sister, you're pregnant again? Cool. My daughter-in-law just told me she's pregnant again. I'm gonna have another grandchild. Oh, it's good news. <laughs> I, that's fantastic. I love it. Yep, it, it is. Congratulations. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> but, in the, see, that right there is two places I always wanted to see a UFO was on a plane or on a ship. Because I've been on both multiple times, and I've always wanted to, like, have an experience while I was on either. But it just, I was too young to pay attention for it, or it never happened. I mean, those are the two conclusions on that one. But it's, I love... I love the idea of UFOs being underwater. Like, especially in, like in California, it's reported all the time. You see UFOs just come out of the Pacific Ocean and take off. Like, yeah, over like around Catalina and everything. Yeah, it's which I mean makes you think: how long have they been here that they had that set up so they can go down the ocean and actually like just park their ship somewhere or just stay down there for a while? Like, they have to have that planned. Well, I want to I want to find out more about Dulce. And because you can't get close to the mountain itself, even if you have permission from the tribe, the the government's got it all fenced off and won't let you close to it. But there's tons and tons of the the locals reporting the UFOs, reporting seeing these creatures, but nobody can get close. And that's also where the uh, uh, what was his name lost his fingers and everything. Oh, um, his name Schrader. Yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of that name at all. It's been a while since I heard about him, but it's, I mean, there's, I mean, the government knows. They admit they know about oh. UFOs at this point, and they they know more than they will ever let on. I mean, I like to bring up the story of Valiant Thor. Have you, you've heard that one? I have, yes. I mean, my listeners, actually, I just talked about it on an episode a couple of days ago. So yesterday, I think, at one of my episodes, I talked about it. So I won't bring it up. I won't go through the whole story again, but since we <laughs> both know it. Since we both know it, I mean, it's just, to me, that proves something. Because the daughter of the president at the time, which I I always say it was uh, Truman, but I think I'm wrong. No, it's Truman. Okay, I, I, I always doubt myself on that. And I'm like, no, I know that. His daughter came out later and said it was all true. Like, his daughter like, said in an interview that, like, it was all true. Like, it, it really happened. I see pictures. On uh, that... UFO eyewitness with Ben. He was on our talking about it. He and he had actually talked to her. She come on the show and was t- talking about it. Yeah, I mean it, and 
the fact that it's basically like the earth stood still type of a moment and that more people don't know about it is just how big control the government has over all this. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Well, when the military puts out pamphlets telling you to watch out for Bigfoot, it's kind of not hard to believe that they know about Bigfoot too. (laughs) I've heard multiple stories about like uh, during a forest fire, like a Bigfoot will come out of the woods, like, burnt up and injured and an ambulance will come and pick it up actually but then you never hear about that ambulance again the people who are driving it disappear like oh, yeah. the government the government has to be involved in that they men in black or whatever you want to call them like or what are they called now um ah they have another name they have another name now and i can't think of what it is i heard it for the first time a couple weeks ago i haven't heard that yeah it was on it was on what no, it wasn't on that. It was on, I forget what podcast it was on. It was on a different podcast I listened to, and they talked about it. But it's basically men in black, but they yeah. dress they dress differently now. They dress like suburban dads because it's more conspicuous now than dressing in all black suits. Seems like when I listened to Coast to Coast a, long, a while back, seems like they said something about that too. But I can't remember... I can't- Bill, what thank you. I can't think of it. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me. It's gonna drive <laughs> me freaking nuts. Because <laughs> I hate when I, I hate when I can't remember facts like that. <laughs> but because it, it was a podcast telling a story about, it, they were basically telling a story about a man who, a man who basically like found proof of aliens. He believed. And he got involved with the government, and this government agent was like his handler. And eventually, the guy went crazy, and they committed him to a mental asylum. And but they think the government made him crazy. That's the thing. Like that's that's where it is. I can believe that. I mean, they did how many experiments with LSD and mind-altering drugs just to see what they would do. That's what Stranger Things that that TV show is based off of. Back when they did the LSD test on people, the Montauk Project, yeah. Which actually, it's it's funny because I grew up close to um, the where the Montauk Project Montauk Project took place in Long Island, New York, and I I grew up in I grew up in uh, Kingston, New York, like two and a half hours north. So oh, wow. never never been to Long Island, but it's just ah, I I wish I lived there still because I would go down there now just to try to see where it was. But supposedly, if you go there now, you can't get anywhere near it. Like they they a, a black car will come up and just like be like you have to leave like just guys black car but uh, i can't i can't find any of these (laughs) but i i had to to try to find that podcast again because i gotta remember that i it might have been a podcast actually i think it was a podcast like unexplained mysteries episode maybe that talked about it they might be called the khaki men now i'm not sure i it was something along those lines like yeah, God, but that's gonna drive you nuts now. <laughs> so, let me, all right. So, is there any stories in your book about Macaulay and Bembe or any other living dinosaurs, possibly? Because that's my second favorite cryptid. <laughs> uh, I don't know about the new book, but the one I'm releasing in November, no. Well, I mean, Macaulay and Bembe would definitely be in the world edition if it was going to be in that anything. 
but I don't, what I've got, I've got 105 different cryptids. So I don't remember. If, I got 15 cryptids per continent. There are seven continents. Ooh, nice. Nice. Yeah, it take me a little bit to get all this. Plus, I've got real life encounters that were sent to me from the UK and from America that's actually going to go in the book. And I have a reality uh, star that's it has sent me his encounter. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Can't tell you who though. Uh, I uh, I probably. Unless they're huge, I wouldn't know who they are anyway. I am not a reality TV person. <laughs> Pretty big, yeah. He's one of the one of the Bigfoot shows, and I, now I con- oh. all of finding Bigfoot. I contacted all the Expedition X. I contacted Expedition Bigfoot. I contact Mountain Monsters. All of them. One guy stood up and uh, sent me his encounter. It wasn't Bobo, was it? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't expect you to, but no encounters, ca- no encounters came in of possibly uh, pterodactyls or pterosaurs uh, Actually, in the sa- southwest. Yeah, uh, yes, I did have. I'm trying to remember where it was at. I got, I've got a bunch of them. I've got like 18 different encounters that's going to go in the book, and it's Bigfoot, it's flying creatures, it's uh, like a hogzilla. Ooh. I've got Black Shucks encounter. I got big tons and tons of Bigfoot encounters. Matter of fact, a group down in Florida, and I can kick myself in the hind end for not remembering the name of the group, but a bunch of them sent me encounters in, and they were they're just a wonderful group of people. They really are. They've been in contact with me, they've been sending me information, things that they encounter, and they've let me put in some of their actual encounters in the book. Well, Florida is skunk ape country, so I could believe it. Well, see, I wrote about the skunk ape in this book. And the uh, one's coming out in November. But there is one thing about the skunk ape. I think there's a skunk ape and then I think there's a Bigfoot down. I don't I don't personally I don't think they're the same. And I tell you why. I think the skunk apes are the escaped zoo animals down there because they've had chimpanzees escape zoos and they had a bunch of illegal zoos back in the 70s ringland brothers lost a train due to a hurricane down there and i think the skunk apes that most people refer to are like rogue or uh feral orangutans or chimps that's still mating and living out in the swamp because they would make it out there with no problem they got plenty of food they can get away from the predators but I think there is a Bigfoot. I th- I've seen way too much information to say that there's not a Bigfoot down there. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, a lot of the stories may be escaped um, animals from zoos and whatnot, because there has been a lot of crazy carnivals and zoos down there and circuses that probably lost creatures <laughs> over the years. But And I know about the train accident. I've heard about that story. So, yeah. and but there, ha- I mean, there has to be a Bigfoot down there, and maybe oh, yeah. they are seeing that, and they're maybe they're calling all of it skunk ape, just they're classifying it all as one creature, maybe. That's what I'm thinking because I seen a picture that's it's it's a big famous picture. Woman took a picture of what they called the skunk ape by her porch, and it looked. I actually took the picture and compared it to an aged 
chimpanzee or a, or a, one of the giant chimps, and I swear it looked exactly like it. Hmm. Which I mean, well, actually, it's funny because my my wife, when she lived in, in the house on the Bridgewater Triangle, had uh, she still has them, but she had chickens then too. And one night she was looking out the bathroom window at the towards the chicken area, and she saw this creature. It looked like a basically she said it looked like a monkey without a tail, like a chimpanzee without a tail. And it was like standing outside the chicken coop, like jumping up and down and like making noises at the chickens, like trying to get in. And basically, and and I mean, it's it's Massachusetts, though, so there's no type of primate that's supposed to live in Massachusetts besides like you know a natural Bigfoot. But this was way smaller than any Bigfoot would be. I said maybe a baby, but or maybe like a youngling. But it, she said it looked more like a chimpanzee than what you would think a Bigfoot would look like. So I don't know. I mean. She couldn't explain it, and no, none of her family believed her when, when she told them about it. Like, none of her family even believed her about it. I'm like, it was too far away to get a picture, too. So, But I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. A lot oh, of crazier yeah. things have happened. They've seen illegal zoos all over the country. So for them things, for animals to escape there and people not saying anything, that's not that hard to believe. It really isn't. So... I mean, yeah. And also, I mean, there's also stories in uh, it's Peru, I believe, or Chile, of a tribe that worships basically velociraptors that live in the woods down there. I've heard about that. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard I've heard several little small stories about that. I and mean, I can yeah. Do you, me too. I can believe that. I, I, it's not hard for me to believe that in like below the equator, especially that dinosaurs could still exist in the deepest parts of the jungles that no one goes to and that we've yet to explore. I could believe it. And oh, it, yeah. would link, it lends credence, too, to the hollow earth theory and to like the cave system theory. Because yeah. that's that's where they would stay. I mean, all the pterodactyls that people have reported seeing in the southwest of America, where do you think they're living? In the desert. Oh, they're living in caves, probably. They're probably roosting in caves and hanging upside down in caves that they just go deep enough that no one goes in them because they're in the middle of the desert. People aren't going to explore caves anyway, unless that's actually what they're there to do. So, yeah, I make, mean, there's, makes sense. there's so much out there that as long as you keep yourself in the blinders, you don't want to see anything, you don't believe anything, you just want to believe what's right in front of you, then that's what you're going to believe. But when you open up your mind and you look out there and you figure, hey, there's a lot more territory out here that people aren't in. Yep. And right here, I mean, you figure, I live not far from downtown, which this place has got a lot bigger than what it used to be. But I have woods in front of my house. I have woods behind my house. I have 26 deer, and I'm in the middle of an urban area. Yep. 50-something turkey that come by my house. <laughs> I could be- I could believe it because, I mean, I, I, I live with woods behind me and in front of me kind of too, woods in front of me in the opposite side of the street. But... I mean, and we, we've seen deer, we've seen everything. I mean, we've had, there's fisher cats around here. There's fox. We've seen a fox come up and eat stuff off our front lawn. And I mean, I, porcupines, everything. I mean, there's bears too, according to the old owner. There was, he used to, used to have a bird feeder in his backyard and a big black bear come every once in a while and knock it down to get the food. Oh yeah. We got bears. Oh yeah. North, North Carolina is bear country, but. There's, I mean, Massachusetts, it's a little more rare, but 
I mean, we're we're two minutes from like the center of town, so it's kind of crazy, like to have yeah. all that stuff come around. Well, if anybody ever Thank doubts you. about your the cryptid creatures or anything, just look at them right there in the face and ask them, "Have you ever seen a baby pigeon?" Most people baby pigeon. Even people live in the, the cities. True, because they 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 nest on roofs and high up where people are not going in the cities. So, exactly. and, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I like that. I never heard that before, but that's good logic. <laughs> and and th and thank you, Azariana. We glad we can keep you entertained. Oh well, we entertain somebody. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as we're, as long as I'm entertaining people, I'm doing my job right. So, but are there any sea uh sea lake monster uh encounters in your book there is in the one coming out in november yes i've got different kinds of i've got all kinds of different sea creatures in there yeah i mean i was supposed to have on here someone who worked a woman who actually studies at loch ness like pretty much year round and she oh. keep and she has a boat and she's out, out in loch ness like every day trying to find and she's actually supposed to be found sonar proof of uh, Nessie. But some of the pictures she posts online and some of the videos, I'm just like, that's proof to me. That's proof. <laughs> like, well, I can't deny that. It only makes sense because if you look at the land of Loch Ness, especially if you look at the topographical and all that stuff, maps and stuff, you can see that there's caves that feed in salt water from the ocean. It's, it's not separated by that much property. And there's underwater yeah. caves and stuff. So, Creatures can go from the ocean into that lot because it's salt water. And that's, I mean that that's why I always heard, and that's why I always that's what always been one of my arguments is that it does go to the ocean. So they can mm -hmm. go out to the ocean and reproduce out there and then they just raise their young in the lock until they, they're old enough to go on their own. And yeah. Who's to say they couldn't be all over the, all over the world in the oceans? Because we haven't explored pretty much any of the oceans. So the no. stuff that could be down, the stuff that could be down deep in the ocean. Who knows? It could be. It's it's creepy to think about it almost. Well, there's there's places in Loch Ness that are extremely deep that we can't even get into. Exactly. I mean, and there's just so many different versions of Loch Ness around the world. I mean, Ogopogo, Champ. Yep. Just to name just to name a couple, and it's just. These things wouldn't be in one place. If there was just in one place, it was only Loch Ness and never report anywhere else. I could believe people saying like, oh, that's not true. It's made up. But when there's so many sightings around the world for centuries and centuries of these things, like it's just impossible. I mean, the Native Americans have stories of seeing Ogopogo and of seeing okay. Champ and whatnot. So yeah. it's just, and it has to exist to some degree. And we just need to wait till someone actually gets proof of it at some point. But well, so there's going to be certain things that modern science is never going to agree exist until you lay the body on the table. And I'm afraid, unfortunately, Bigfoot, Dogman, and a lot of the cryptids, they're not going to believe. Well, they put a they put a chupacabra on the table in Texas, and they still wouldn't believe it. Yeah, so, I've heard that. I heard about that, and that I mean, what they say it was a uh, dog with mange. Well, they, they never could match the DNA of the creature to anything on on the record. They couldn't match it at all. 
because the head was wrong for a, a coyote. It was the body shape was wrong. The ears were wrong. And it, they, they hollered it was a mangy uh, coyote, but nothing matched up. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and the fact that there's two different versions of Chupacabra reported at all the time, like one Ooh. actually looks dog like and one looks like completely alien. It looks like it has to be an alien. The Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rican version of it's more of a, like a reptile type creature than what the ones in Mexico and uh, Texas is. Yeah, which I don't know what to believe then. I mean, I could believe the dog version maybe could be a creature that's a cross of like a coyote and something else, or it's, it is just a coyote or bear with mange maybe most of the time. And because that happened, but who know? I mean, the alien one in Puerto Rico, I can't, you can't deny that that's anything we would know about. Like that's, that's gotta be something different. Mutated. I mean, True. you just never know. I mean, there's always screwed up DNA and some, you know, and, it can change what a creature actually looks like and its behavior with the messed up DNA. So it, it could be a way of forming a new creature is having mutant DNA in it because of something that they ate or something that they were around or uh, over radiated area or something like that. I mean, there's so many different reasons this could happen that to think that, Oh, it don't exist. That's just, it's not scientific and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, which, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what to read about Chupacabra. It's always been one of those, it's been one of the cryptids I always said, like, if I had to pick one cryptid that I said I don't believe in, it'd be the Chupacabra if I had to pick one. But it's it's just because it's, it's been faked so many times and it's been used as, as an excuse for so many different creatures that are, we know about that just kill things. So I yeah. don't know. It's It's just that one cryptid, but... What? Oh, um, <laughs> that's that, that's the I, I was thinking of a cryptid when I said that sentence, and I just remembered it. <laughs> um, what do you think about the idea that goat men exist? Now, see, goat men's one I'm kind of iffy. Uh, I just I really have a hard time. It's like goat squatch or something. I just I just can't wrap my head around that one. Like the Pope, like the Pope, like monster. Yeah, I have a real hard time with that. It's it. It just sounds. I mean, I it's possible. Anything, anything is possible. I just have a real hard time wrapping my head around it. I would, but I think back to like ancient Greece and the idea of satyrs, and yeah. they if they had half goat men back then as well, then I mean. They had every other cryptid that we know back then as well that they wrote about. So if they had satyrs, I mean, I don't know. It's just I can picture I'm, it, and I've heard enough stories of, po- especially of Popelik, that I'm just like, I have to believe it to some end. Like I have to. Yeah, I I guess that's gonna be one of the ones I'm gonna have to see a little bit more proof on. I believe it's possible, but until I see like Bigfoot, Dogman, all those have so much evidence that they exist you got hair you got blood you got scat you got footprints you've got everything that tells you these creatures are real short of a body on the table 
and that's a much it's easier for me to believe them. But Goatman's one of those. It's it, it, it's mythological to me. It's it falls in that area till I see one or see more evidence, then I'll believe it fully. Well, I mean, I I mean, I'm kind of along the same line to that because I mean, but there's just been so many sightings of these things that. It's hard to completely 100% deny it in my mind. I mean, there's been more sayings of those than there have been of chupacabras, for God's sake. So it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, it's a talk. That's, that's, I see how it is. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick two creatures, the goat man might be right there with the chupacabra in my mind for things that I question the existence of. But, oh, actually, no, because there is another one that is more kind of unbelievable to me though i've heard a lot of tales about it recently and that's the loveland frogman oh yeah the loveland frogman i forgot about them well on my on my other show it's a paranormal discussion show with two co-hosts uh global strangeness we actually did an episode on the loveland frogman and the skateboard swamp lizard man and i i mean no those are two that are, it's a lot harder to believe in because there's been so few sightings of them. Well, see me, I, I feel this is just my thoughts. Now I think they're more of an extraterrestrial. I think they fall into the area of the reptilians and they've been seen. That's what makes me think when you think the frogman or uh, the, rep, uh, the lizard man, yeah, which that's actually a that's actually a theory we talked about as well. Is that what if they're extraterrestrial? Because I mean, I always said aliens are aliens most likely are going to be insectoids, amphibious creatures, or reptilian creatures because those are the three species that can survive more than the other creatures. Mammals can't survive as harsh conditions in most, at least the ones we know about. Well, I think we're real limited on a lot of that stuff too. I I lean to the what was it I read the other day? I read something about there being 36 alien species just in the Milky Way. So it makes me wonder. I'm going to have to look into that at some point because that's that's interesting. I never heard that theory or that or that belief. I mean, I, I'd have to read into that a lot more. I, I mean, it makes sense. It would make sense because there's definitely so many extraterrestrial species out there just based on stories that people tell. My granddaughter's here. <laughs> I see that. Hello there. Say hey. But try to, let me see if I could, let, let me see if I could stump you because this one I tend to stump everybody with unless they heard of the phenomenon. But ha, have you heard of mirrored men? Mirrored men? I've heard small stories about them, but nothing to give me any real information. Well, I mean, the big they mainly come from Derek Hayes' podcast, Monsters Among Us. That's where the stories of them kind of originated, to, well, at least to my knowledge. That's where the stories of them originated, and he's done a bunch of... He did a whole episode dedicated to stories about them, basically. But And it's usually three humanoid males walking in, in synchronization and whatever one does the other one does it's almost like it's almost like one of those guys at a carnival with a stick across their body with like four dummies attached to it like that's what it looks like almost 
and people experience time loss when they see them. Yeah. I've heard that. So, I've heard that everything that one does is mirrored by the other two. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I, I heard. I, yeah, that's basically what it is. And they're usually seen late at night in rural areas or they're seen. I've heard one story where they're seen in the woods when someone was hiking, but other than that, like, it's just, that's all, that's all you hear of them. And it's almost like black eyed children in a way, but so, I mean, but for the mirrored men, I always think it's more of a extraterrestrial type thing, maybe because of the law, mainly because of the lost time or interdimensional. Those are the two theories I tend to go to. I think I lean more towards interdimensional. Which because, like you said, the missing time and and I heard that they look almost uh, what's the word um, somewhat translucent. I've heard that. I haven't heard that, but that's interesting. That's very interesting. Towards the interdimensional because of their their appearance. Right. Well, uh, I mean, then that would be more inter- interdimensional, I would think. But then again, they say aliens travel through dimensions that they say aliens are interdimensional as well. So I don't know. Uh, I guess they could be because we're so limited in what we're able to comprehend. Yeah. And we only see certain dimension. We only oh. hear at a certain level. And it makes more sense that they're because I believe it. I'm, I'm one of those weird people. I have, I believe in uh, multiple dimensional planes and earth because I, I, I blame Einstein because he started all this in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, stuff. So, I mean, well, I, I use Einstein's example all the time because he believed in a lot of things that are now par- considered paranormal. Like he, He's he's one of the main people who said that like spirits exist, ghosts exist because energy cannot be destroyed. So where else would it go? That's true. So, and yeah, I believe that too. I mean, they have to be. I think interdimensional. I think interdimensional is the way they travel. I think it's how they travel like back and forth from their planet to Earth so fast. Because suppose if they're seeing the same spot like nightly in some places, then they have to be able to travel back and forth fast or yeah they're i think that they're in like i was reading one about a uh who was it um or kit no i can't remember what group it was i was reading about but they're supposed to be a million years older than humans so they're going to be so far technically advanced it's scary yeah i mean i mean yeah that's since 1969 compared to now then then it should be possible i mean i remember when they first landed on the moon i was two years old i remember watching it on tv on a black and white little box tv well when they supposedly landed on the moon but yes (laughs) (laughs) i believe they did only simply because of the stories that the astronauts brought back about other other beings being there yeah and the fact that they were watched the whole time they were there and that come from all the ones that was on the surface 
all the astronauts. I've, I've heard those stories too, and I've and the from the look on their faces in the interviews they did afterwards, like they were like they were scared to talk truthfully about what they saw because they were warned by the government or something. Like you can't say, like the can't like the feed cut out for a while when they were on the moon. So oh yeah, who knows why it cut out or if the government cut it out because they saw something in the background they didn't want to talk about. So yeah. I don't know. It's uh, if I could, if I can get Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin on here, come on. <laughs> I don't, I don't ever trust the government anybody. I worked for them for too long. So <laughs> yeah, but I, I, actually, that's that's the name of one of my episodes that released a couple weeks ago. Is the government doesn't want us talking about the moon landing? <laughs> I need to watch that <laughs> because. My guest I had on when we when we started talking about it, like all of a sudden he got disconnected. Oh wow! So I, it was it was weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it was it was his crappy Wi-Fi connection, but it's still <laughs> it's it's like I just used I I had to use it as the title. I had to. It just it, I knew it would get listens, and I knew it'd be funny. So I was like, I have to use it as the title. But it's just I I. I mean, we probably went to the moon that time. I can believe it. I mean, I don't believe it was a soundstage in Hollywood. That's just, to me, that's too stupid to believe. Like, yeah. it was, uh, like, it, why would they spend billions of dollars to film it on TV? That just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you had this no. giant rocket out there that everybody could physically see take off. And, yeah, and I mean, you know, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. They would be see I'm, a like. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm. I was gonna say myself. I'm like, I'm sure there's records somewhere in the government of all the money they spent on on that project. I'm sure the records are somewhere in in the Pentagon basement or something. So it has to exist somewhere. I mean, or in the NASA record base. Like, there's gotta be all the money they spent trying to get that going. So. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sure there's records of it that prove it really happened. And I mean. Yeah, like you said, people watched it take off. So, yeah, you, and can't, back fake, the technology, you can't fake that. No, they couldn't fake that back then. They would have had no. a string in it. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like when people try to say like the Paris and the Paris and Gimlin film is faked, and I'm like, they didn't have the technology to fake it back then, and they didn't have the technology to make Bigfoot suits back then that could move that naturally. Like right. you'd be you'd be walking like a robot if that was a suit. So their biggest argument is Planet of the Apes, and I tell them, I said, look, if you watch Planet of the Apes, you never see any of the apes without clothes on, because they couldn't get the fur right on the bodies. Yep. And I, I mean, I, yeah. I way too many special effects people to believe any of that. I mean, and Planet of the Apes. I mean. They look horrible in that. Like the in the original Planet of the Apes, the monkeys look horrible. Uh, <laughs> they look creepy. Like they gave kids nightmares. <laughs> uh, well, see, I, I be an actor, and I acted for like fifteen years, and I seen what special effects can do now, and what they did back then. They couldn't do that back then. <laughs> no, they definitely couldn't. But oh, I think am I actually out of cryptids to talk about? Wow, I, I I'm not. I, 
I have a list, <laughs> but I have a list, but I just don't feel like digging it out at the moment. But actually, okay. We're gonna talk about one last crypt. We're gonna talk about one last cryptid, and then we'll talk about your podcast for a minute before you wrap up. But okay, this is a newer cryptid that just started getting people started telling us. Well, people started talking about it a lot more in the last couple of years. But what do you think about the rakes or the pale crawlers? I think if they are real, they're evil. And I I think that they're something to do with like a skinwalker type thing. Because if you look at the pictures of them, they there's nothing natural about them. Ever the colors off, the the heads are wrong, the arms are almost alien like. So it makes me wonder if you know if it's not some kind of a cursed creature. Interesting, because I never I never actually heard a theory about them based on that. I mean, I've heard people say that they're evil, but they never really elaborate into like Skinwalker territory, but. <laughs> From what I've seen, I mean, because there's that famous YouTube video out there, mm-hmm. and my wife actually saw one at the house at the house that she used to live in, in her backyard. She was at night one night after the kids were in bed, she was in the bathroom smoking a cigarette out the window, and she saw one walk in the backyard. And same as the YouTube video, she tried to film it and send it to me, but the screen like kind of blurred it all, so you really couldn't yeah. tell what was going on. But it just kind of walked around the backyard like. Every time I hear about them, they're walking around like someone's yard, and it's just they walk around like they're not intelligent. They walk around like they're just like stumbling and trying to figure out what they're doing. Almost and zombie. They, yeah, exactly, zombie-like almost. And my theory for them, and a couple other people have had this theory as well. I'm not going to take credit for it completely, but <laughs> it goes back to the, it goes back to the cave systems because that's where their paleness comes from because they they live in darkness all day. I can believe that. I can I can believe that, yeah. That's why they only see them at night. Exactly, and I mean, I think I I personally think they just stumble out of their cave, at like where they live, and they just come out at night for some reason, maybe to try to find some kind of food that they eat, or I don't know what they eat, but it's some kind of. Food. And or I mean, and I, but it seems like they're unintelligent. It seems like they're just going on instinct. Like they're not really intelligent enough to be evil, even like they're just. It seems like they're mindless creatures, like zombies, basically, but even more mindless than zombies because they don't have like a, they're not, they don't run after people, from what I heard, because people have, people have seen them and they don't like run after people. They just kind of like stagger around and then go back to where they came from. They almost seem lethargic type. Yeah, very lethargic from what I've heard. So I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And I do think the cave systems are involved because, there's cave systems everywhere. Oh yeah, but, yeah, that that's for sure. You know, I I never really thought about those that much, but I think you're exactly right. It's okay, sweetie. Um, but <laughs> so I'm not sure, but it's just. But before we wrap this up, tell us about your podcast because I'm dying to hear about it. I meant to ask about it earlier. Well, my podcast is basically a collage of everything. I do odd and unusual tales, and it has everything from weird historical facts, like, did you know Napoleon was attacked by rabbits? I have heard that. 
<laughs> they went into a town. Uh, he took his men in, and as entertainment and it's in a in a present for his men, they gathered up three hundred rabbits, and they put them in cages. And they were going to have the rabbit hunt the next day. So they get out to do the rabbit hunt. They're all out there ready to go. They open the cages and the rabbits attacked them. (laughs) (laughs) Everything from, I'll have Bigfoot stories. I have UFO stories. I got stories like uh, Robert the Doll. Ooh, I love Robert the Doll. One of my favorite stories of all time. Uh, we did. I'm we did an episode about. on him. We did an episode on Robert the Doll and Global Strange. Yes, we did an episode on Robert the Doll and other uh, famous dolls that are oh, Him and Annabelle are, are awesome. Oh yeah, I love the Robert the Doll stories I hear on podcasts. that attacks you. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just—it's got everything. It, there's no limits on what I'm going to talk about, and the good thing is, my podcasts are short. Because nobody wants to hear me talk that long. <laughs> See, that's funny. That's funny right there. Because people always ask me, like, do you ever do episodes? I've been on guests on other podcasts. They'll ask me, like, do you do solo episodes where it's just you talking? And I'm like, no. Because I don't want to hear me talk to myself for an hour. And I doubt anybody else would. So I'm not going to do that. I like to have guests. So I'm talking them with guests. Because then it's not just my voice you have to hear. <laughs> so I'm hoping to be able to figure out how to have guests. On my podcast, but I'm not quite technically smart enough yet. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, depend depending what you use, but I mean, with Zoom or Streamyard or any of the any of the servers out there, it's pretty easy to do. You gonna wave back? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you have yeah. a great co-host there. Yeah, my usual co-host. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I do enjoy it while I can. But I do want to thank you, George, for coming on. I do want to thank you for coming on because you have been an amazing guest. And I've had more. I I love when I get to talk to other podcasters who are into this about cryptids for an hour and 15 minutes. It just makes it such an interesting show. And I I get to talk on the spiritual side to a lot of my guests, but I don't don't get to talk on the physical cryptid side to a lot of my guests. And so it's always a pleasure to get to do that, a hundred percent. And I loved it. Thank you. Before we wrap it up, where can they find you? Promote yourself, sell yourself as much as you like. Well, they can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but the best place is to check out my uh, website. It's author George Lunsford.x10host.com. And I'll make sure to. I think you sent me the link already, so I'll I'll definitely put it in the show description when I put when I post this out. I appreciate if, that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll actually you might not have. I think you sent me the link for your book. So actually, I'm not. That's your website. That is your website. I'm, what am I thinking? But it's got everything. I just got interviews like this interview right here. I will put on my website once I get the link to it. Much appreciated. Well, I like and to as, my- everybody as much as possible. I mean, everybody helps out everybody. We're all good. Well. As my exactly, I mean, it's podcast. I always say podcasters are a big family and they need to help each other out because that's there's a there's enough space out there for all of us. There really is. You're a so. great host. I mean, you're you're really good and you're fun to talk to, and you got a good co host, so you know. Yep, <laughs> now you're in trouble, you're in so much, fun. but 
As all my listeners know, you can find me on Paranormal Through Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcasts with the S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Bastard, And you can find us on TikTok as Bastard Podcasts. Or you can find us on, or you can find all my videos on YouTube. Just search Paranormal New Normal and you'll find the channel. And I will be back with another interview, I believe, tomorrow night. I have a busy week this week, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Actually, lucky. no, I'll, I'll, I'll be back with two interviews on Saturday. That's what it is. Tomorrow, I have my other show. So I will be back on Saturday to all my watchers and to all my listeners. I will catch you in a half a week. Thank you for joining us. And I will thank my guest, George, one more time because it's been a blast. Have a good day, folks.